Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo. 
chat for the week of July 1st, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and joining me this week, Brian Altano and Tara Schneider. Did you just throw something? Hello. I flicked something. He flicked okay, something. and this week we have a lot of news to talk about. We're going to kick things off with a Fire Emblem discussion on Fire Emblem Fates slash Fire Emblem If, depending on what territory you live in. Eve? Then Eve? we're going to be talking about Splatoon and how Tower Control is coming this week, Reggie's response to the negative Metroid Prime Federation Force reaction, why you can't play as a woman in Zelda, the great Miiverse redesign of 2015, and so much more. So let's kick things off with Fire Emblem, which I started playing. And holy cow, I did not expect to like the opening four to five chapters of this game as much as I do. I'm super jealous. I was traveling and, you know, just basically I got back and have not seen anything yet on okay, it. Okay, okay. I'm very, very jealous. Don't spoil anything I'd... other than... Uh, well, what, what don't you want me to spoil? Well, I'm going to try and spell the story, alive. which I know in the Japanese version has has you really on the edge of your seat. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> using trans, uh, he's trying to make fun of the fact that I don't read Japanese. Well, no. I'm using a lot of uh, internet resources That's to good. get the and, and some friends in Japan who I'll just be like, hey, what's this kanji? Those but, guys, um, th- those games are so chatty, right? Yeah, like, they are. They are. So let me let me give you the lightest setup I can give you because okay. you do know the basis right now for this game is all about uh, the two sides of a conflict, right? And yeah. how you're involved on both sides in a way. Yeah. So there's the Hoshido side, which is the family that gave birth to you. The Great Joyce. And there is the Nor the Nor family, which the is Starks. the family that <laughs> adopted you. But here's the thing. So this is split up between uh, two factions, which is the Nor and the Hoshido, like I said. And the two copies of the game that are out there are Conquest, which is the Nor version, or Birthright, which is the Hoshido version. Right. What I love is that the story kicks off with the dream where both sides are fighting over you and you don't have the full context of like why. And you actually start on the Noor side. But what I found interesting is that even though the Noor are dark characters, like the box to the Noor is like a dark, like purple, like blue, you, ex- you expect them to be bad or evil. Mm-hmm. They are like this lovable cast of, of, of siblings. But the king is not the nicest man in the world and there is a conflict between them and the Hoshido. Mm-hmm. I like the opening because right from the get-go, I felt like I am going to have a hard time deciding what side I want to be on because these people are likable. They are very much likable. So I'm not a fan of this king, but these people are very, very likable. And when they take you to the Hoshido side, the same thing happens. They're all very likable. So that's really cool because I was a little bit worried that it was going to be more like kind of Force Unleashed or something, right? Like the games where you choose the light and the dark side and then you are kind of part of this this brutal, more – I mean more darker storyline where – you know, like, I always feel like I always feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm curious about doing the bad stuff and sneaking into people's houses, stealing yeah, stuff. Yeah, but right. then I eventually get to this point where I always make the kind of the righteous decision, and I can't follow that path. You end up playing as a very flawed, awful, mostly good person. Yeah, and that's exactly you know? it. And yeah. so, like, you're never fully in, and yeah. like, you know, that might be a personal choice. There may be, uh, you know, evil people out there who really enjoy the dark side. But this sure. this game's really about it's it's but about, it's not like that. It's no, it's it deciding between. Kind of your family, your real family that sucks, yeah. or this adopted family that's pretty cool. No, uh, no. I know. I think it's your real not. family is also very cool. I haven't found well, what's wrong with the Hoshido the 100% yet. The conflict is that you're going to have to choose. So these two countries, these two factions are at war, or they're on the verge of war. And during the course of the early chapters, obviously that 
is going to pop off in some way. Right. An event will spur that. And then you are put in the decision to choose. And based on what side you choose depends on how it impacts gameplay. Um, apparently, as uh, someone who grew up on the North side, you have an ability, which the rough translation is the dragon's vein. But basically, you have an ability to sort of alter the terrain of battle using like dragon-like power. Mm -hmm. So like for example, in the dream sequence, the Nor are separated from their leader um, and all of them are separated across a bridge that's broken. They're like, we can't get across. And one of them uses the dragon's vein to take out all the water. So basically the water gets evaporated and then they cross. You can terraform and alter certain places in certain battles with that ability. Your character, hmm. which you customize, by the way. You can customize hair, look. They've done a better job of that. I especially like that if you hold the L button mm -hmm. um, on, the, on the 3DS, it will skip the animations for battle. So you know how in Fire Emblem you had oh, the yeah, customization yeah. to switch off the in 3D options. animation for battles yeah. when you actually did the, the face-off? Yeah. It'll leave it in sort of the overhead 2D state. You just see the two characters collide and then health bars yep, fall. Yep. It looks a lot more classic like the GBA uh, Fire Emblems in that way. I like that that's a shortcut because you are in positions where sometimes you want to get through that stuff yeah. and sometimes you don't. You just don't want to have it. Um, yeah, also, when you're facing a weaker en uh, enemy, usually you're like, fine. You, yeah. know, you just want to skip it. UI is also uh, very much more intuitive where on the D-pad is options to switch through camera. So like one cinematic, one is a first oh, person cool. camera, one is you know showing every character, another is highlighting another difference. And then the face buttons uh, in the battle animation sequence will Fast forward, pause. Uh, pause is really helpful because if you're a Meverse poster, you can just quickly just take your screenshot, put it up on Meverse if that's what you do. Um, and I like that about it. God, now you see, now you make me like, make me feel like I should be importing a, a small new 3DS. Well, you can read <laughs> the language. I don't know how you don't use those GM money I, resources I was for the power of good protesting. and this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> you could be talking so about this right now. So I'm very jealous of Japan right now because Japan got. Rhythm Heaven Tengoku, the best, uh, excuse me, Rhythm Tengoku, the best plus, which we talked about last week in June. They just got Fire Emblem a week ago, and they're getting Animal Crossing in like a few more weeks. So that's the thing, right? Nintendo platforms are one of the last places in the world where that sort of Japan is, you know, way ahead of us thing is still kind of happening. Yeah. It's definitely not happening in Microsoft. It's definitely not happening on PC, aside from like a few strange titles here and there. And it's not really happening on PlayStation. I, I feel like we're the US and Europe uh, are more. Dragon of a, Quest Heroes came out over there. There's first. a couple things, yeah. yeah there's, but, a, there's a few exceptions. But Sorry. we kind of we're, we're kind of like we're, we're there's been a lot of of trend with that with Nintendo, where we're seeing stuff in Japan first. Sure, but we're seeing a lot less Japanese games on those other fewer. platforms. Let's fewer. be fair. Yeah, there are fewer, excuse me. There are yeah. fewer Japanese games on those platforms. Yeah. Um, and localization takes time. I it, mean, I, I get it, right? But it's a shame because we don't get this game until 2016. Sure. And it is, I like. I love the setup. I love everything that I've encountered so far about it. I'm very much enjoying um, and it's just very unfortunate. All right, you know, fine. I'm going to have to import one. <laughs> wow. Well, the, no, it's going to take too long to get that the out The GM here. declares. Man, 2016 is a long time. Fire Emblem games are so freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, I got to play it now. No, this All one, right, I'm, I'm definitely feeling it. You should you should definitely I check it was out. out. We'll have a written preview on the site where we will try to gracefully tiptoe around the details mm -hmm. of this thing. Uh, mm -hmm. So look out for that hopefully next week. Cool. All right. Um, lastly, I guess we should just jump into news because why not, right? I did want to talk about... Um, 
remember last year you and I played a game uh, from Nintendo's Game Seminar 2014 or 13, and it was remember. involving a pigeon oh, and yeah. trying to find a mate. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you uh, remember yeah, that yeah. moment? I forgot what the game was called. Yeah, but pigeon something. There's a there's a let's Hot play old. on IGN about it. We actually called it the worst let's play on IGN <laughs> because we did not know what we were doing. Oh, really? Yes. We, the we game put doesn't that in make the it easy for you yeah, to yeah. figure out what the heck you're doing. Yeah, too. yeah. Basically, most uh, pigeon-based games are a little strange. Yeah, I don't I know, know if you noticed. Well, check our top 100 pigeon-based games if Hot, you want to see. Hot <laughs> full boyfriend is another one. Oh God. Well, so. So Nintendo uh, released in Japan again this year. They released a new batch of game seminar games from last year's summit. And one of the ones that I'm playing, I don't have a title for it. I could actually look it up while we're talking about it. But I love the concept behind it. So it is that you are a student in class and you are passing notes to someone else on the other side of the room. And so using the gamepad... You basically play each kid in this little like relay, like uh, is it you know path to that? Is other it like WarioWare where like the teacher can't see you doing it? Or? Yeah, you don't yeah. want the teacher okay. to see you. So on the television <laughs> is the teacher pacing back and forth nice. in front of the blackboard, and you see the whole layout of the classroom. And the kid who has the note, you see sweat like beating down his head because he has to get rid of it. <laughs> and then you see the kid on the other side of the room that he's trying to he or she is trying to get the note too. And when the teacher isn't looking, you take the gamepad, which is it's all motion based, but you take the gamepad, and if you have to pass the note to the kid in front of you, you just hold it forward when the teacher isn't looking. And you and if the teacher looks, you try to put it back. If he catches you, he yells at you. And you get three strikes, and then I guess you get detention. I don't know. I can't read. I can't read Japanese. But you hand it. When you go to hand it, you see the other player's hand on the screen taking the note. So you have to like pick up the note, pass it to the next kid. Now you're playing as the next kid. And it's like, okay, I need to pass it to the right. So when the teacher's not looking, you use motion, you turn to the right, pass it to that kid. Then if you need to pass it behind you, you actually have to hold the gamepad behind you. That's and great. you hear a chime that the kid behind you took the note. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's very clever. I mean, it's not a full game, but I like the the, the concept. Every once in a while you hear the teacher in his lecture like, and he just paces back and forth. That's really funny. It's very mischievous. Like, I kind of like that. Brian, how do you feel about video games duplicating the most stressful moments in real life? Are you are you on? I think it's a great are idea. I think if they, if if Nintendo made a WarioWare that's just about how stressful it is being a kid at school, <laughs> and it was just broken down into different things, like, you know, one level you're in gym class, and you're slower than everybody else because you're in bad shape. Is that, do you want to talk more about no, that? No, I was okay. actually, I right. was he a, lived it. I was a very, I was a very fit boy. <laughs> <laughs> then, I just, um, then, I, then I discovered food. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a great idea because that's like there's. I love all these little one-off ideas, but without like the sort of WarioWare franchise to keep them all, I'm afraid like I don't know where they go because they don't. Well, they, they go on like Rhythm Heaven. Like you got a taste of that there. Yeah, right? yeah which I yeah. which I love. Right, which I'd love to see. But it stays in Japan for yeah. right now. And I love Nintendo at their at their most weird and creative when it comes to stuff like that. Um, they're just like I like the idea of a, of these people working on. Small games that take advantage of the gamepad, but like, where do they go? You know. Yeah, there are few well, companies sadly, that make these oh, weird compilations. Yeah. Sega, obviously, got yeah. Sega used to do these weird things too. You know. Um, yeah. What was the, the one at the? Uh, I forgot the name. Touch of that. the magic. Crazy, Feel the magic. Uh, Feel the magic. Yeah, on the on the DS, game. but even before that, on the Dreamcast, they had crazy compilations um, yeah. with like weird, yeah, weird mini games yeah. mixed together, and it's it's cool. Like WarioWare kind of 
continued that torch and, and I, I love that because sometimes sometimes too. a game idea is just small enough to contain itself yeah. and, and it's funny and it's like the controls are good but you can't blow it up into yeah, something and, bigger and it doesn't need to be turned in in this whole 10 hour event or anything yeah. but it's just like a little bite sized thing and then it goes yeah. you know jumps to the next yeah. thing so and that's really what cool. I like about it um, just that it is smaller it does have like other modes that I still haven't tried uh, I just messed around with it one night and found it very charming that said um I do think it is a missed opportunity because of the financial investment in games that a game seminar where these these you know college students or, or game designers, budding game designers make something cool is isolated only to Japan for appreciation because it would cost money to localize it. It would cost time and money to localize it and put it out here. That said, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish Nintendo would open those doors for a Nintendo Game Seminar or hold one. Mm-hmm. You have a new, uh, an American base for this company. Why not do something like that yeah, cool in the idea. States and put those games out the same way you're doing it in Japan? Didn't they, didn't they have a relationship with DigiPen and they, they did, did some stuff like they that? They did, yeah. but I don't think they've ever released that stuff publicly. Yeah, for example, if... like Narbacular Drop, wasn't that a, a Dizzy, oh, DigiPen joint? Was, that was yeah. the... The port, the basically the setup for Portal. Yeah, I mean it's something we heard from actual third parties after the Wii U launch that they couldn't even get their hands on dev kits in time to make launch games. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's sort of a, a company thing that needs to happen across the board, where well, they yeah. sort of like lift the the padlocks a little. Well, they bit. have web framework now, right? Like yeah, so, there are things you can anything. do with that. Certainly on the Wii U to release software like mm-hmm. that. I would love to see that. I mean, it's yeah. it's cool. You know, for a, a student to get an audience on their game, like especially if there was some sort of feedback mechanism, I think be really gratifying. Yeah, yeah, and especially um, in this day and age where like there is early mm-hmm. access on Steam or things yep. like that, like why not it's, try something like that or just g- get something like that here? I I kind of wish they would. Um, I mean, they had, they actually had a quote I read. I forget where I read it. Um, that Nintendo was interested in doing early access type stuff. That's that right. That yeah, Damon looking, Baker said that. Yeah, yeah that they're that they've been looking at that business model, um, which is weird because it's sort of the opposite of like Nintendo games are always so polished. Yeah, and those are them. broken. But I do yeah. like the uh, yeah, I do like the idea of sort of like, and I think that the the audience on the eShop is there. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about the eShop that I really like is that you can take a game like Shovel Knight or BitBoy or whatever and put it next to uh, Mario Kart yep. and put it up there all at the same time. So I think people would be receptive to that if they just took those small ideas and threw them up there. So that'd be cool yep. to see. All right, so let's switch on over to news then and we're going to kick things off with Tower Control is coming to Splatoon. So if you remember, back when we saw the Splatoon Direct, they sort of put out the news that we'll be supporting this game with DLC, uh, free DLC. Before I get into this, I just remembered this weekend is Splatfest. If you haven't participated in that, basically uh, the entire theme of the the tower, the plaza area is going to be nighttime based. There'll be different music. Um, oh, really? And yeah, and cool. you are we p- still playing played. for a side. No, we haven't. I've played with Jose. He has. Who's deadly? Very. You're good, um, right? Yeah. yeah, I've heard. I, I was. I haven't played in a bit. Uh, I, I need to pick it back I up. definitely want to jump back on this weekend. Okay, yeah, let's I mean, do it. It's a we fun should. game. I played yeah. Mario Kart last night, and yep. you know it's uh, it. Things run smoothly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so what, what is like they they've been doing these events like they've event been eventizing so this remember game. What, is, the, what does that the do? The Splatfest event is focused around uh, two teams where okay. you basically choose okay team cat or team dog. And mm-hmm. I like how they roll things out in that. And this has nothing to do with tower control, but we're going to come back to it. I like how once you pick a side, they give you a special shirt that has four perk slots, and your job is to spend the week updating, like getting that shirt ready for when everything goes down because Got you have to it. wear that shirt to participate. And once the Splatfest is over, you give that shirt back in. And at the next Splatfest, you start from zero. 
That said, uh, the first one in North America, I believe, is Cats versus Dogs. In Japan, it's hilarious because they've had two. The first week was rice and what looked like some kind of breaded thing. But this week's was even better. This week was two flavors of like actual of, udon of, noodles. Of ramen, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Noodles. That's really cool. Yeah, and those That's are really real cool. products that we're talking about That's here. Awesome. Which I almost wonder, like, did, what, yeah, you want to do like so Captain Crunch versus Coke like... Coke versus Pepsi. Yeah, Coke, Pepsi. Well, oh, I, I bet they will do... No, I'll, I Captain think they'll Crunch? do two things in the same product family. So mm, like right. Kit, Kat, Kit Kat strawberry versus, right, right, right. you know, standard or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. The Big Mac versus the McNuggets. Exactly. Oh, dude. Uh, but not the Big Mac that. versus the Whopper. <laughs> Big, Both are gross. Yeah. We all lose. Uh, so, so <laughs> I almost killed Brian. Uh, Tower Control is a new mode that will be added to Splatoon at uh, 7 p.m. Like <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm totally Why? hungry. I'm hungry now. You right. can't eat those. First the Fire Emblem, now you're talking about a Big Mac. Right. I can't eat those. Right. Big Mac's coming delicious. Back. Coming back, coming back. So... Uh, the new mode is coming out on July 1st at 7 p.m. That's the day this, this was recorded. <laughs> the objective food. of Tower Control. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come back. Uh, the objective of Tower Control is to ride a single floating tower into the enemy's base. So you color this tower. It floats around. You're trying to float it into the enemy base, essentially. And so whoever so dominates it, it sort of goes the other direction. Oh, okay. That's so it's that's all cool. about projectiles, really. Pretty much. Like, well, you yeah. can put a brave soul can ride the tower. Uh, across, but they're they're a number one target because yeah. they're just sitting there. You just have to, you'd uh, have to get up there with, I mean, the roller because yeah. you couldn't get that from the ground but really. Yeah. Roller and brush are going to be pretty useless in this mode. Yeah, right? they might be unless yeah. unless it's about taking out the opposition on the, well, on think the bottom about it. floor to keep people from shooting at the tower. You can always use like a roller to sneak up on them and just <laughs> or even the brush. The brush you can roll up on someone. Yeah, but I really assume fast. people are going to get height. Well, we'll, well, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll it's see how it plays yeah, out. I want to yeah, check that out. It definitely depends on the map. I think your, your thinking is absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun to finally try it out. There was a Treehouse Live showing off footage of it the other day. If you're listening to this and you're not sure, why don't you check that out? All right. Our second story this week is a response from Nintendo. Uh, speaking to Mashable, Reggie responded to the negative Metroid Prime Federation Force criticism, basically pointing out the fact that, yes, it was a negative reception. You cannot sugarcoat that. And those are roughly his words. Yeah. And this is where it takes a bit of a turn for the worse. This is an example where fans who weren't able to get their hands on the game may be a bit at a may be at a bit of a competitive disadvantage. Everyone has who has played what we are showing regarding Metroid Prime, they've come across really pleased. My ask is that fans trust us. So I do want to say the last part of his answer, I, I think Nintendo to some degree deserves a bit more trust with that game. It did not show well. Yes, it is on them to prove to you, the consumer, why you should be interested. And they failed at that. But I, for me, that trust is there. But it's two things. It's it's less about the actual game there, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's more about what the expectations were going into E3 sure. and how franchise care works, right? Mm. Like people are frustrated with, you know, Earthbound not being a thing anymore, but at least you're getting, like, re-releases. Yeah, but did and that... And with Metroid, it's like everybody loved that game. It is on many people's top five lists okay, of the best right. games ever okay, made. But... Super Metroid, Metroid Prime, you're going into a big show, you're expecting a big announcement, and then you get that, but, right? But time out, Mr. That's, uh, but that's the, what the hurt the game. Yeah, but, but look at you. Like, remember when we talked about this petition that roughly 20,000 no. people have signed to get this game canceled. What's the good in that? No, my viewpoint hasn't changed on that. It's stupid to say, well, give people hey, the game, that, game that I never, uh, I haven't played, cancel it because I don't want it to exist. That's silly, yeah. right? Like, the development of that game 
is not taking away from the creation of a new Metroid game because that team would have never worked on a Metroid Prime full game. That is right? so important that you stress that. Yeah. It's so important that you stress that because one one does not mean the uh, one does not create the absence of the other, right? right. They don't cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I but I do think Nintendo deserves criticism for absolutely. being so blind to the, you know, the fans asking for either a 2D Metroid game in the traditional vein or in the, you know, how the the Game Boy games have been um or a Metroid Prime game like that we saw on the Wii and the, well, and the GameCube before. Like, like I think they yeah. are tone deaf well, to not, that. Yeah, they are tone deaf to that. And let's be fair in that what they showed looked like it just was not ready to be shown. And then it didn't help that the game didn't – like they didn't do a good job showing what the game would be. Like, you know. Yeah, no. That's been the I, reality. If, if I was Nintendo, I would I would work on this game, do it whatever I want to do it. At the same time, I would call Yacht Club and I'd say, here's – couple million dollars make us a metroid or i'd call the guys that did guacamelee and i'd say make us a metroid run with the art style go crazy with it do something cool give us a cool 2d metroid we want it to run on 3ds and we want it to run on a on wii u because there are a billion metroidvania games being made by incredibly talented studios right now and nintendo's not doing any of it totally agree and sunday before e3 was the template on how you pull off a spin-off announcement without pissing off the fan base yeah sure and that was fallout and and Fallout Shelter. Fallout Shelter, yes. is, in the end, is not that great of a game. But nobody's angry that it exists. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because you could play because, it right now. Because here's Fallout 4, and it looks amazing. And guess what? Right now, you can play this. And that, to me, yeah. is is a smart announcement around creating also, spin-offs. Also, do you, do you so, want to say No, something? I do want to say something. I'm yeah, so glad you're you right. Did we derail you? No, I'm not. Did we totally I'm not, derail no, you? No, you didn't derail anything. I, I will not ah, say... it's too bad. I will say I politely disagree with you on... Yes, Companies like Yacht Club and companies like the ones you mentioned drink can be trusted. Yeah, yeah, a drink box could be trusted with a Metroid, but I think knowing the way Nintendo handles their franchises, knowing that it's constant check-ins, knowing that it's approval from like how many different people involved on a series, that gets hard. Like that's going to eat up a lot of a company's time. I do think that they should trust someone with it, just the way they trusted uh, Tech McCoy with Hyrule Warriors. Right. Which, who the heck thought that would be a thing? Well, they I think did that, that already. I will agree right? with you. Yeah. They already did this with the Metroid game, and that that one isn't. And it didn't go very loved. well. But Let's like, talk about that. But, but not that Drinkbox or, or those are, other guys wouldn't. Sure. I think you're right on that. Front. I never looked at Ninja Gaiden and said, "I want these guys to do a Metroid." No, game. exactly. Like, Ninja Gaiden was fun. Because of like the the speed and the violence, but it was like to me that that the last games were really broken. Like the camera and everything, I'm like, oh, don't get that close, don't get that that team near my Metroid games is what I would have thought. Right. Whereas like I look at chair games or you know Drinkbox or like you know chair made Shadow or Complex. Axiom Verge I'm like or... Shadow Complex is Metroid. Like yeah. if that had just Metroid characters, people would have loved yeah, but it. This, right? But this comes back to an argument we've had constantly on this show, where I feel like we've talked about how there are so many Metroid lookalikes out there. There are so mm-hmm. many in the spirit of Metroid. Would you really just be satisfied with more of the same of what you've seen, rather than something that would test those boundaries and At try this, something no, different? No, because I like. Do you, do you guys remember those? There were there were concept art sketches of a. a I, be, I believe it was it way forward was working on a Metroid game yeah, yeah, briefly, yeah. Pitch, and it was like it was Nintendo. kind of chibi style. It was like very. Um, There's one place that wants to make a Metro game. I would absolutely believe it's way forward. Yeah, yeah keep going. They well, so love they, those. It games, had like yeah. an exaggerated art style. I think there's a way to do it. And also, don't get too mad at me on this one. But let's not put Metroid. Metroid games on the biggest Metroidvania pedestal in the world because there was Super Metroid and there was Zero Mission and those were the best in the franchise. The original has not aged well. The Game Boy game has aged terribly and and Fusion is not that hot. 
Like I would put Guacamelee and Shovel Knight above Fusion in terms of Ooh, that's what we in disagree. terms of platforming games. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, uh, mm. Shovel Knight's not really a Metroidvania game. Yeah. Um, Guacamelee certainly is, yeah. but I don't think that game is incredibly that great. So we're looking at this franchise kind of with rose tinted goggles. Whereas I feel like getting a newer studio now that it's been making Metroidvania games for a few years and throwing them at f- that franchise and then checking in on them every few years is okay. Yeah, yeah and that I think takes that's... time. And I think that at the end of the day, Federation Four showed because this is what they thought they have ready in time for whenever yeah. they plan to ship it. Either I, that or they just didn't have enough games to put into this thing, but we don't know that narrative. Go ahead. I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know the story behind the creation of this game, right? Whether it's an example of here's a cool game concept, hey, let's let's add, you know, characters from the Metroid universe because we have nothing else ready, or if it was conceived well, it's, to be. Okay, so we spoke to Tanabe and his his response was, I've had the idea for this game for a very long time. I okay, wanted so it to expand started, this universe. But it started yeah. as a Metroid franchise yeah. title then. Absolutely, okay. it did. Yeah. Well, it was, no it's, it's a Metroid. <laughs> it's a Metroid game where you are not playing as Samus, and I think and we've talked about this at length on this show, that was, as you say, and I agree with you, a poor choice when you haven't had a game in a while Sure. to announce that first. Yeah. Even if you show just a logo for the other game, uh, but Nintendo didn't do that, right? When was the last time you saw a Nintendo Direct, a Nintendo anything, and it was a yeah. logo, I, and then nothing? But let's also not forget that sometimes this stuff works out, right? Yeah. Like sometimes like you, you, you want a new Mario game, you get Mario Party, and you're like, oh, right? But sometimes you get a Smash Brothers, yeah. or you get a Mario Kart that was a spinoff from the Mario franchise, yep. where like 10 years later, you're like, you don't even consider them to be the same thing. And that's why it, I welcome spinoffs like, you know, even if they're in the Metroid franchise like that. And I, you know, I have no problem with Tecmo developing a Metroid spinoff and, and trying their luck because something good may come, come out of it. But in this case, it is just that there are two templates for amazing Metroid games. You could have done either one. Yeah. And, like, you can't just ignore that franchise. You can't ignore how popular Samus is in Smash Brothers. And I know, you know, like, I know the Metroid franchise is not the top-selling franchise, and it didn't That's do that challenge. well in yeah. Japan. That's the challenge. Yeah. But they, they were also under market. Like, Metroid Prime did not have a huge huge marketing budget behind it the way like Halo did and Call of Duty did and Battlefield did you cannot expect those same numbers out of but they tried as hard as they could to get Metroid Prime in as many hands as possible they bundled it with the GameCube at one point when it hit 99 bucks yep. they tried everything they oh, could to okay, push but, that game but the budgets behind Metroid were tiny tiny compared to first person shooters and action adventures from right. other companies okay but that's not and don't even get me started that... on, on how pissed people were when they announced yeah. that game to begin with Oh yeah, a well, Metroid yeah. Prime, a yeah. Metroid oh, first-person shooter. Oh, we talked shooter. about that. Yeah, and how the internet and, said and, and, IGN was lying when IGN said, "Nope, and, this is it's real." Good. And yeah, Prime, it's a thing. Well, it was a weird thing, right? Yeah, but of Prime, course. Prime Two and Prime Three definitely did not get the dollars that you would put behind a AAA franchise, and I think that. You know, Mario has much more of the goodwill and the character recognition. You don't actually have to market those titles quite as hard as you would a Metroid. And, like, that's why, like, I, I feel like it's a little bit of a chicken on the egg story when people say, well, Metroid is not as big of a franchise, so it's understandable they don't mm-hmm. they don't renew the franchise. Like, And it will never be if you don't do if you the don't... franchise care with it that you do with Mario. Well, yes and no. 
Because I think yes, you oh, can man. do all that. You can no, you can do the uh, you can do the fan service forever for thirty mid thirty year old man babies and up like like everyone in this room. Easy now. Thank you very much. Like everyone in this room, you can keep making the same game every year forever. Because gamers who are all future facing and they want evolution and change, they want more powerful systems. The reality is they don't want anything to change ever. They want things to be safe forever. Well, and it, our reality, hold on, okay, is that in okay. our thirties. By the time you are 30-something years old on this planet, everything that you grew up loving has been ruined by somebody else eventually. Everything. Transformers. They made four pieces of shit Transformers movies. Easy. Uh, Point Break. One of my favorite show. movies growing up. They're remaking that now. It's not even about surfing anymore. Uh, there's th- what, three Jurassic Park movies. They just made Jurassic World, which I actually really liked. But everything, every single thing gets rebooted and, and killed moment. and murdered. Kill him. No. Yeah. Every single okay. thing that okay. I loved Funny. growing up has been thrown into the dirt and regrown into something new for a younger audience to appreciate. Every single movie, every TV show, everything. Here's my thing, though. So All why... Right. Why not Metroid? Why not do that to Metroid 2? Why not reboot that for a younger audience? It doesn't have the old connotations like us old fogies do about, oh, you're, you're a single pirate. Well, you're and it feels like, like... And again, devil's advocate here. So, no, no, wait, that's are fine. You hang saying, on, hang so on. is this in defense of Federation oh, Force? I think it's okay because maybe not everything has to be for everyone in this room. I think sometimes maybe a 10-year-old kid wants to be like, yeah, I want to play a game called Blast Ball. Because you know what I wanted to do when I was 10 years old? Play games called Blast Ball. I wanted something dumb. I wanted to shoot and I wanted to score no, goals. But, 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 I wanted to go to space okay, with a bunch of my you're friends. Of the choir on this one because I know I am I am very open for this Federation yeah. Force game. We talked about that last week. I get the feeling that you are, but you aren't sold on what it is yet, and they still need to show you no, that. I'm, fi- I'm fine with it, but I'm like Metroid is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Okay, and it's so, the hang same. On. Like if it being if, your favorite franchise no. of all time, what annoys me most in any conversation about Metroid is the fact that and and you sort of said this earlier, which is why I shot you that look, is that like just trust another studio to give me the same thing I've been getting all the time, and I don't. Don't think Metroid deserves that fate. I think Metroid deserves to be reinvented or some new idea, not a gimmick, not something silly, but a way to find a way to tap into something that is not just here's another open exploration game where you're just getting all of her powers back. Because that became the criticism against no, that I'm, series from the beginning. Jose, sure. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally happy with spinoffs, and like th- that's what I'm saying. Like I am so happy Mario Kart, Kart exists. I like when Mario Party first came out. It was great to get that, and that it wasn't rooted in the same gameplay but I never once doubted at the time that the Mario franchise would continue and with Metroid I'm not so sure because the rhetoric is not um, hey we're gonna do this awesome I Metroid think, game yeah. and here's a spin-off and you know this is gonna be really cool the rhetoric is silence like yeah, it's, and, just, and it's con- that is yeah. not right for and that silence franchise silence is condemning although it has uh, everything is right about that franchise yeah. in silence what are you talking about I mean in terms it's of like, like it's, with, an, oh, it's a quiet adventure but listen it does surprise me that Metroid has not found a bigger fan base, consider- fan base considering that the sci-fi angle for shooters or for any sort of adventure at one point, especially during Prime 2 Echoes, that era was completely in vogue in the video game industry. It was. Everything that was cool was sci-fi. Nowadays, it's more gritty, realistic. Like That has changed. First-person shooters still dominate, but at least the way they're presented, it's not quite as sci-fi as it used to be. Yeah. But I will say it did surprise me that despite having that period, being released in that period where that was the bomb, like it was the big deal, it didn't really do that hard. Two big reasons. One, Prime 2, and and like, you know, if, if anybody from Nintendo is watching, send us the details, but I remember Prime 2's March marketing budget being laughable for a first-party title. 
from what I saw, and for being a for being kind of like in that mainstream. Two, the games that were blowing up were the online shooters. Yes. Yeah, and, and they completely and they ignored tried. Them. I mean, like people criticized Metroid Prime Two for having multiplayer in it, right? Like, oh, that's not what I want in in my Metroid game. But like, all the research from retailers retailers said, no, you need to add multiplayer, otherwise your games are not going to sell. That's why you know everything from Assassin's Creed to you know yeah. Metroid had multiplayer. Um, and then you know, like some of those games actually morphed into multiplayer-only games. Like that's mm. how you get your Titanfalls and all that, and and evolves. You... But like the combination of Halo being a good single-player campaign game and having awesome multiplayer is what sold the. It wasn't the just four Samus right? running around a backyard or whatever. Metroid no, and it was Metroid. Metroid so multiplayer you... was very limited, and the same happened with Star Fox, right? Like it had it had multiplayer just to have that stamp on the box, but nobody ever said, "Oh, you got to get this game, and play it." You know, like <laughs> in multiplayer. You know where you're gonna play your next Metroid game? The right. same place you can play the next Castlevania game, Mega Man game. On Kickstarter? And Banjo-Kazooie game on Kickstarter. Stop so? it. Stop That's it right now. That's what's going to happen. Stop spreading no, when, the lies. When, when a first party does no, no longer cares, or when a company no longer cares about its IP, somebody working at the company or fans of that company's work makes it themselves, and they go on Kickstarter, and they make enough money to sustain it. Because the reality is that we talk like this all the time, but we don't actually support these things. Mega Man wasn't selling enough. Castlevania wasn't selling enough. Banjo Kazooie. None of these things had enough justification to get funding to be made. So they rebooted them, or they changed them, or they made sure. you know they'll make <clears throat> Utroid or Netroid or whatever yeah. it is, and they'll put it on Netroid, Kickstarter. Jesus, listen, and it'll be fun. It'll but, be listen, fine. Listen. But the the t- times are changing. Yeah, the digital age is upon us, and it is not that huge of a risk to create a two D game now and distribute it um, digitally only. Sure. Like not have it have it on store shelves. Yacht Club Games have, kickstarted Shovel Knight within a year. It was playable and in stores, and it sold yeah. three quarters of a and million so, copies. So I agree with you that, and that's though that speaks though for the creation of a two D game. Yeah, that is digital only, and like you could pull that off with a Metroid game. Yeah, uh, and like if you did, easily. nobody would care about Federation Force anymore. I know they wouldn't care. They wouldn't I even know. think they, about it. They wouldn't be, like, be angry about it. Hopefully, they care about it if it's a good game, right? Yeah, no, they'd be too mad at Netroid or whatever Yacht Club made. You know, they'd find something <laughs> yeah, else to get this, mad about. This <laughs> may uh, this may sound silly though, and there's only one thing I do want to push back on that she said because I agree with a lot of Here it. Here we go. <laughs> is um, I do, and maybe this is just the person that I am. And uh, Para, feel free to correct me because you're a GM, so maybe you win in this case. But I do find it I, I do find it unfair to be presumptuous that. A company long, no longer cares about a franchise. I right. think that in the at the end of the day, silence hurts, and it is brand mismanagement. It is like franchise miscare. But I would not for a second believe that there are people at Nintendo who are like, we're done with Metroid. We're done with Metroid. I think there's just people struggling to figure out what that is, and, and I'll give them the better. I agree with you that. on that, because yeah. obviously, like, Samus has a, a big presence in Smash Brothers. She's got a bunch of levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two Amiibo based on her now. There you go. There was are, Nintendo there Land. Nintendo Land. Like, Samus <laughs> pops up everywhere, pops up in marketing. Did you see the smirk? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that I know. came out his face. Oh, don't get me started on a zero. There are Samus <laughs> references in Mario Kart. Yeah, I, mean, I, saw, like, I, I just wanted yes, to politely I, push back. I totally get that she and Metroid are part of their lore and part of their history. Reggie wears a little, like, you know, Samus it might as well be a middle finger, but it's a, it's a Samus <laughs> pen. Stop what? It. Well, it's not a new, it's not it. a new Metro game. All right, it? we're riled up on this podcast, no. so we're going to take a quick break, but Pear, why don't you let it out before I, I what no, do you guys no, say? No, no, it will just be, be long if I keep on okay, ranting so about we're going to let this like, go. I totally agree with you. I think Metroid will be back, yeah. but I think part of being a first party that it's the that is the main and only supplier of your gaming platforms, like the biggest supplier, is sure. taking care of these beloved franchise and making sure that we get 
get updates and like going with an indie who's great at making Metroidvania games makes all the sense in the could world. It's a you, free solution, yeah, but it's I, yours. Think it, I think it requires NOA to take a more active role in development and it will require NCL to say, hey, it's okay if somebody overseas makes this game under under NOA's uh, yeah, oversight. Yeah, Tanabe on that game. Tanabe will make happen. sure that game gets done right. All right, we're done. Gong, this is over. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break and when we come back, we have a few more news stories to go to before we get into a what our first what if scenario uh we'll be right back i love you guys Welcome back, Jose Otero here with Brian Altano and Per Schneider, and we have calmed down a little bit. But I think we're going to lead about? off with another, <laughs> with, with another possibly controversial topic here. Oh God! We ran a story yesterday that I asked the question at E3 about uh, regarding why you can't play as a woman in Zelda Triforce Heroes, and I do want to take a few minutes to talk a little bit about this story and the intent behind this story because I feel like since I've hit publish on that story it has raveled completely to some degree out of control, either in the comments or on message boards or even on Reddit to some degree. Huh. So uh, when they showed Triforce Heroes and I was watching this game uh, back at E3, I remember being in the war room, seeing it for the first time and saying, I like this concept. I'm really on board with a co-op Zelda. Yeah. And then I saw the Zelda dress and I'm just like, well, that's interesting. And I'm like, well, why is he wearing a Zelda dress? Like I get the outfit angle. I see yeah. why that's important. There's a Zelda dress in the game, but will they let you play as, as a girl in, in, in this game? Was the thought that went through my mind. I was like, okay, let's find out. So we're talking yeah. to Hiromasa Shikata, who is the director on that game. Really nice guy. He was a director on A Link Between Worlds. Um, and we took that question to him. More First, we probed a little bit. We asked, like, hey, you know, this whole concept sounds very, like, MMO-ish, Monster Hunter. Like, he's like, yeah, no, it is. But our, in, in our version of this, the outfit that you make gives you an ability. It gives, it enhances a weapon. It enhances an item. There's a bit more to it than just cosmetic. And I'm like, well, that's right. cool. It's not just stats. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. And I was like, well, then, you know, I'd have to ask if it's, if it's inspired in some ways by Monster Hunter, why can you play as a female? And he said no. And he blamed their story. He said, quote, a story calls for this sort of legend slash prophecy where heroes will come together to help solve a problem. And in that, they are male characters. So because the game is set uh, with that as a story background, you cannot choose a gender. You are a male character. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of a blow to me because from what I'd seen in that trailer, nothing there. Look at your traditional Zelda yeah, for yeah. a second, right? There is a boy named Link who comes to the rescue. Yep. And the story, to some degree, helps me understand why it's a boy. Yep. Having all these Links running around did not in one way do that for me. Well, and there there was four sword where it's one male link who splits into four, and this is different. Look, I can see why you asked the question, right? Like there are people out there who, are, who get riled up any time a journalist asks the question, "Oh, can I play as a woman now?" Right? It's like it's 
I don't know why, but there are people who feel insecure about that and feel like, oh, they're these social justice warriors. They're fighting for equality, and it's it's a fake kind of movement. Or it's a move towards right? gender politics. No, and it's but games, but it's yeah. like people also feel like it's it's disingenuous and fake, and you're just trying to please a certain portion of the audience by being super PC. And it's like, no, I, I think it's a it's a great question as a father. Of a girl and two boys, my daughter's eyes light up every time she can play as a female character. Yeah. Like that—that that is a reality today that um, gamers of all sexes want to have games cater to them. And like when she saw the Fallout uh, presentation, where the female character goes to the front and goes, "Okay, my turn," she's like, "Yeah!" Right? Yeah. Like we're talking about a 14-year-old girl here who's really happy with that because traditionally a lot of heroes were just male. And so yeah. I think the question in a multi Multiplayer focused game, can you play as a female character, especially when there's a dress you can wear? I think it's completely justified yeah. and like it shouldn't rile people up and uh, piss people off. At the same time, like it's fine for the designer to say, you know what, we still see this as a link driven story. Like, and that I, I don't should think have been the anything... answer. I think, I think it's a shame yeah. for uh, Shikata because I don't think he was prepared for it. And uh, I have two regrets on this story that I'm going to air right here. Mm-hmm. Number one, I wish that. The follow-up question regarding, hey, you put Lincoln address, like, this is this could have been an opportunity to give hmm. your female audience a chance to see another perspective. I regret tying that to only a female audience because I think we all would have been interested in that. I yeah. don't think it was just that. So I, I, I apologize for missing that opportunity. But my second regret on this story is that I didn't push him a little more to explain his answer a little better. Like, I can see there's a cultural divide. And he mentioned, like, at Nintendo, we have plenty of females who are working on this game, and they don't seem to be bothered by it. And I guess I could understand that, but I kind of wish I would have gotten a little bit more from him. But at the end of the day, we're sitting there in this room, we're having a great conversation, and I said to myself, am I going to sit here and grill this man over this? I think I see his point. I have another line of questioning no, I want to jump to. And it's not – it's like it, – it's a little tough, right? Because I think you asking the question is a good move. Like you'll probably go back and go like, hey, that's actually kind of a cool idea, right? Like when heroes from around the world come together to save Hyrule, what if some of them were girls, right? Like I think that's a great question to ask and I I wouldn't have pressed it further either mm. because then you're you're becoming – you're playing armchair designer. You're, you're saying like, not, oh, the game yeah. you're creating is not what I want, which is not the case. Well, and that's right? not the case yeah. and neither – and I think what bugs me most, uh, and I'm going to get this out here, is that we made no judgments. We ran the question. We ran the answer. That was it. We didn't try to imply anything. But it, it, it has turned into, for me – this experience where all of these people are asking, well, would you want Samus to be a guy or would you want Mario to be a girl or would you want Laura Croft to be a dude? And I'm like, sure. I'm not trying to challenge any one of those things. I asked a question based on what I thought and he explained it and we moved on. Well, no, that's it's a, uh, I mean, the, the, the question, would you want Samus to be a, 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 a boy is answered by Federation Force where you can pick your character, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's the multiplayer concept. And like, by the way, like asking someone the question, hey, would you ever consider a Legend of Zelda game where Zelda is the lead is a great question too, right? Like, I don't know. I think it's this weird climate of where uh, people get huffy every time the question is asked and then, you know, journalists also get huffy every time, you know, the question is raised, why why are you focusing so much on this angle? Why are you focusing, why people are focusing so much on this angle is because it's a time of change and it's something that we haven't seen traditionally in games and it's been a wonderful E3 to see games with female leads 
see games with male leads too yeah. and see female designers being presented. It just means that the industry is more aware that it's not a little boys it's club a anymore. Boys club. And well, it's like, yeah. and that's great. And IGN is not a boys club anymore either. We used to have a site that was male lifestyle and babes IGN. And like, honestly, I think it turned a lot of female visitors off from coming to this site of course that it I did. helped create. Yeah, because right? it, was, it was kind of vile. You yeah, know? and so, I mean, it's it's great that we can, we, we can now have both sides of the story and have a much broader audience and it was we just did the uh, house party live event right yeah. and it was awesome to yeah. have uh, you know female fans in the audience who enjoyed the content yep. as well so I, yeah. I I don't know I think people get riled up online because you're lacking content uh, you, you, you're lacking kind of like the the background on why you're asking the question. It's a it's a multiplayer game and you love the concept of having yeah, right. having the choice. Uh, we on the other day uh America had a triumphant victory where they legalized uh gay marriage across the country. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh like most companies and most people did, lots of people did this thing where they changed their logo to a rainbow. And we did that with ours and a lot of the comments on it, you know, besides obviously hateful people and racists and bigots mm -hmm. that come out on, on literally everything in the world, but a lot of people, so the, mo the, the thing that surprised me the most were a lot of people were saying like, IGN is about politics now. And it was like, no, but if you want video games to grow up and you want video games to be realistic and you want video, you want the mainstream to accept video games. When you want more angles in your video and games. And you want more angles in your video games. Yeah. Then your video games have to sort of reflect the real world we live in right now. That is, a, even the cartoony ones have to yeah. sort of be inspired by what's going on in the real world. You can't say, I want more realistic video games and I want video games to be taken seriously by the mainstream but at the same time shun the mainstream every time the mainstream has a conversation about something. Yeah. And the mainstream right now is having a conversation about equality with women. It's not just, and race, and gender, and it's and, and marriage, you know, and sex. And, and it's not not just something uh, uh, that we're fighting over. It's something that we're working on to make better for everyone. And I think that has to be part of our conversation for, with video games as well. For yeah. sure. And the answer to the question is, of course, IGN is is about people, right? Yeah. IGN is a website run by people. We want to make sure that our personalities are in our content as well. We're not a we're not a news feed, right? We want to make sure that people are connected to the content they write, that their opinions are seen, but also that the people are seen and heard, right? Like you're hearing us right now, and we are a site for people as well. Yeah. And so yeah. you know that comes with with more than just writing a news story about something. Comes about you know it comes with all. The stories about how people experience games, and you know what what audiences are in, included uh, when those games get. And I, I think I think those audiences and all representations of audience need some sort of they need heroes too, and they need protagonists. And you know I think that I mean I kind of cringe when I see three links because I think it's a little lazy anyway. I didn't like Four Swords <laughs> fifteen years ago before I even I, know what feminism was. I totally agree you know? with you. It would be much cooler if they were kind of like the supporting cast could join. Yeah, or just yeah, like right? Link wannabes, yeah. you know, to some degree, right? Like different people who just earns sure. the, the mythos behind the Moblin like have a party get well, together no, no. Like, the, like a good the, Moblin the, the, yeah, the overarching myth of Zelda always revolves kid. around like heroes who wear green yeah, and it's yeah. just like this could have gone both ways and I'm not saying I'm disappointed because it didn't I respect his answer and at the end of the day that was his answer sure. and if that's the game I'm getting that's the game I'm going to play but it didn't mean the question didn't deserve to be asked. I think it's a it, yeah. it's a perfectly fine question so think, I'm going to I'm sorry yeah, I'll let you finish that one I'm pushing sure. lastly I feel like um there are like there are characters that are sort of defined by their male or female traits and characteristics, and these are like very deep characters in video games and in pop culture and movies. Link's not really one of them. 
Like he's a kid and he doesn't have a voice and he rolls around and he bumps into things and he's kind of goofy and awkward and he fights things. There's nothing explicitly male about him. You know, it's that'd not be a, that'd be a twist if it, he wasn't male all along. Of course, right? And I mean, <laughs> you, when we saw the trailer for tell. Legend of Zelda for Wii U, some people actually speculated that it might have been a female. Yeah, yeah. and that started um, a whole big, uh, big thing. I and, remember and that. Which is another thing. I was like, I don't understand the controversy there because I saw that and I was like, I would be totally okay with that because to me, it's the 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 thing that you when you open up the door at the very end of every Zelda game and save the princess. Yeah. Uh, that is the least important thing about those games to me. It is about the journey, not the destination. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. so you, yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't care at all if the, if that became a female, and I don't understand why anybody would because right. you know, it's it yeah. just it, it's all about the adventure. Yeah, right. everyone cool, should be able to you could, you could even that. play that storyline. It'd be like a cool reversal. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I would love to keep this one going, but I do want to push this forward, though. But great point on that front. Uh, so next, we have the great Meverse redesign of 2015. Brace yourselves, guys. This is going to be one you're not going to forget. I'd hate it. No, I'm kind of joking. No, uh, the Wii U and 3DS social network will look different after an update that's coming in summer 2015. They didn't put a date on it, but you will be able to save 100 screenshots and personal albums that other viewers will not be able to see it won't be visible to other people who look at it Man. there's a new play journal where you'll be able to record your thoughts on games as you play them it's similar to the activity feed but mm-hmm. for whatever reason mm-hmm. it's different in that you could post more frequently that's cool so this is going to replace your activity feed and you can post a combined total of 30 posts or comments a day not including in-game posts which is weird because mm-hmm. i guess some people were trying to do more i'm not sure how much more that is than regular meverse but if you're someone who uses meverse i think meverse is a cool tool yeah mm-hmm. i don't go through it very often but anytime that uh, a thought sort of hits me while i'm playing a game i like the idea of stopping and just quickly putting a note i wish the process was faster but outside of that hopefully this is just as fast because your criticism on meverse for 3ds was it is too slow so why should i do it yeah. i think so it's same, on, same that, on wii u that was yeah. that was my main concern out of all of this i was like cool is it quicker yeah, I you didn't know? say that, but yeah. hopefully we'll find out. Yeah, I, I, it's, the look is nice. I like how it cool, looks. I, I'm happy that they're not giving up on it and that they're developing it. Is a, it's an example of a smart and unique um, online community that is completely family-friendly and look. safe. It looks a know? lot more like a, like a Tumblr feed or something. It looks like great. Definitely yeah. very like, web designy. Or uh, Twitter or something. Cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And yeah. This, well, is this, probably, this is probably getting yeah, ready for you know the system being on multiple platforms, right? Well, yeah, like, and I mean, this has to be the first step for the DNA backend, right? Like, you're whatever your membership registration thing is going to absolutely be tied to your yeah. universe and your Nintendo Network yep. ID, which are both important things. But yeah, I always forget to uh, to post my thoughts on Meverse. It's just something like when I'm playing, like I already have these platforms where I share with you know fans on IGN uh, and on Twitter, and it's I like it's yeah. this kind of separate thing. Yeah, but um, do you but forget cool. uh, in your old age to pre-order your Dark Pit Amiibo? Because if you are going to pre-order your Dark Pit Amiibo, you can't. But you can only get it from one retailer. In the U.S. You like where this is going. In the U.S., uh, it has been revealed that Dark Pit uh, will be rolled out this month as a Best Buy exclusive. That Those words don't go over well on this podcast. Any store exclusive. It and depends. <laughs> it depends. Well, wait a minute. So for full context for folks at home, both Pear and Brian are done with Wave 4 and 5, technically, because you guys imported it. Had yeah. some yeah. nice help from friends, yeah, yes. The, the hookups I went on eBay. I spent real. a little more money than I should have. But you know what? The last round, I bought a bunch through Toys R Us. And Toys R Us charges, I think, $13.99 for an Amiibo and then like $8. It's a dollar more. And, then the, and a dollar more and then $8 yeah. for shipping. Jeffrey Tax. So the Jeffrey Bucks, yeah. yeah. By then, you're like... <laughs> the giraffe ate them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I might as well get them from Japan because I free my Amiibo from their plastic prisons. Mm-hmm. I let them out to breathe mm-hmm. so I can play with them and then twirl them around and look at them. Okay. Uh, Aren't you but, old for toys? No, I'm kidding. 
keep going. You see where I work? Oh, man. I'm coming to the I'm same job kidding. as you every single day. I know. Day. I know. I'm just kidding. I laugh at your desk. You got you hear that? Desk. Harassment. Harassment. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, says no, the, that's says the dude that lapsed on toys and then came back. Like yeah, a, and then came a, back, a drug came addict. crawling back like that's a drug right. addict. I blame like, you. <laughs> Francisco, if you're listening, I blame you 100% yeah. for this. But Thank anyway. Thank you, Francisco. Um, you're the best. So, uh, yeah. So, Best Buy stores. So, this is the part, though, that stinks. It is that you cannot pre-order this thing. You have to go to the retailer the right. day that it comes out. Uh, and this was announced via a post on corporate.bestbuy.com. Excuse me. Word to the wise. Get to your local Best Buy store early because there will be limited quantities as they will be sold on a first-come, first-served basis with a limit of one per customer. Yeah. So camp this out. This is just unfortunate because like, we talked to Reggie at E3 and we're like, hey, man, Amiibo are cool. Buying them, not cool. Like yeah. That's essentially what it came down to. Yeah. And he sort of talked about how they're working very hard to replenish, how they, they do take it seriously. They're committed to restocking the store exclusives. And then when we took it to, well, no one should be up at 2 in the morning to pre-order these things. Are you working with retailers there? And he, he kind of threw the retailers uh, under the bus on that one, saying it, it's on them. It wasn't on Nintendo. It's kind of right. like, it's like, Reggie, we talked about this. <laughs> so let's... <laughs> he told us it was so going to get better. So there's good news there, right? The good okay, news what's is the good that news? Help me out. stricter limitations on how many you can buy. Good one. And that is, right. in the end, that is a good thing, right? Because they are scalpers who buy 50 Yeah, but that scalper can. just has and to get five or six friends to go with them now instead. Scalpers that's don't a have lot friends. more effort than just being able to hit a button and when you promise those friends numbers, money. Right? No, so that's no. a good thing. The way I buy stuff, like it's just not I it's not going to happen that I'm going to stand in line early in the morning at a Best no, Buy. No. I need to drive to work, right? Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen. And you so, know why? Because that is a waste of money because it's just money you're not making by being at work. I people take off at work and they go wait in line for amiibos. Yeah, that's you didn't get a deal anymore. That's you screwed that up. Like I, that's why I don't mind going on Play Asia or eBay or some import site or hitting up somebody and being like, "Hey, can you help me out with this?" Yeah, because in that way, the amount of like now all four of those figures are on my on my shelf. No, I don't even have to worry. I'm stress-free. They could be like, oh, the next one is Radio Shack exclusive. The next one, there's only there's one dumpster in, in Iowa where you can get them. I don't have to worry about any of that. And people are fighting to death, and I get to step back. It's not worth it. it but is you, not, get, okay, but so, you have to pay more. But you, you, you pay more by standing. If you have to wait somewhere at 2 o'clock in the morning. I agree camp, with this problem. You are paying with your life. I, <laughs> you pay Brian by the hour. You're paying with your life. I'm sorry. That's it. That's I'm sorry, man. No, but there is the devil's advocate approach is that – Anything that you, you, whenever you put a big effort into acquiring something, yeah. it'll be special to you. Yeah. Like if you stood in line and you had fun waiting in line, maybe with some people, and and then you get you get your hands on something that everybody else has a really hard time finding. That item is super special to right. you. Right. Right. And that's okay. So but no, that's the other thing so, though. You forget. So, you you kind of hinted at it, but waiting in line is still waiting on the off chance that you might get one. And that's the issue, right? And that's why I'm saying, like, I'm sad that it, again, said limited quantities because, like, somebody who just really is nervous wants to stand in line to get it, make sure he's got it on day one. And I'm glad Nintendo's replenishing them, but it doesn't seem like it's fast enough. We're not waking up every week and hearing, hey, Best Buy got more. But but we are seeing, we are seeing seeing reissues, the slight, you know, the different eyeball villagers popping up everywhere. Um, (laughs) The forehead edition is there. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, that was a really mean way to put it. No, I'm glad that those happened too. And, like, WeFit trainers are popping up now more often. 
often, which is good because Mario Maker, you know, he actually works. He's going to do something. I put it this way. If you put 100 people in line outside of a Best Buy at 2 o'clock in the morning, and by 5 o'clock in the morning, the store hadn't opened yet, and I walked up to all of them, and I was just like, yo, I'll give you $12. If you give me $12 right now, you will be magically whisked out of this, and there will be a package in the mail for an Amiibo that costs slightly more money, but you can eat breakfast in bed. Instead yep. of in a parking lot, they'd all ninety nine of a hundred people will go. No, of course they would. Absolutely, get me out of this parking all right, lot. All right, yeah. Uh, people so, are doing this because they have to, and they don't need to. So why don't you two talk a little bit about since we're we're talking about toys here? Why don't you two talk about your your uh, <laughs> No, your amiibo that you got. You both got. So what'd you get? Uh, Dark, Dark Pit, Palutena, Ganondorf, and Zero, Zero, Suit Zero, Suit Zero Suit Samus. So what's your favorite? What do you think? Get it out now. In so, terms of in terms of quality, Palutena is far and away huge. The, the, yeah, <laughs> first of all, so many like pieces so, so articles around. of flair yeah. just yeah. everywhere. Um, oh yeah, just she's a ton like, of stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, she's got her the like crazy weird halo headdress and like mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a plastic thing and like she's got all these art, just a big cape and cloak and wings yeah. and all this stuff like that. Yeah, um, she's showing a little too much like, leg. For me, did you notice that? <laughs> wow, <laughs> there's a there's a crease on that dress that I swear, like they, I don't know what someone Jose, was thinking. Jose, I don't want to point this out there. to you, but Donkey Kong is only wearing a tie. <laughs> <laughs> He's showing a lot of hair. I just thought it was a little too much. But that said, uh, the, the, I agree with you that the quality on Palutena, well, yeah, you know, like blew my both mind. the Fire Emblem and the Kid Icarus worlds are very anime inspired. Yeah, yeah, like, so that kind of like. Somewhat sexualized. So you put an look extra works. crease. Yeah. So you put an it extra works with higher. The, they're, they're generally doing that's a. That's what uh, they look Jose like. and I talked about this, but they're generally the doing a better job. Boys wearing short pants too. Yeah, yep. they're generally doing a better job of hi- hiding the the uh, the ice cubes and the pee stands and yeah. the, all the weird. Except for like, zero suit. Zero Samus. suit Samus looks like she's wearing a nightdress because she has this like frozen legging on the side. Not a big fan of it, and it's not see through, so you're actually losing some of that kind of illusion of her standing on one leg. Yeah, but like looking that, at it know? from a forward perspective, you yeah. don't notice it as much. But, it's really from the side. No, but the yeah, character looks, looks like really she's, cool. She's just chilling against the wall in in, in Fendrana. So <laughs> I actually, so I actually really like that character, though. I think nice. I think I think Zero Suit Samus is is my favorite out of the batch, just oh, kind really? of like looks wise. And then Ganondorf actually looks really. Oh, cool. he's awesome! Yeah, he's awesome. He's so really I, big. And on my shelf, really cool. I put him next to Link and Sheik and Zelda yep. and Wind Waker. He's a hefty Ray. one too. And they they just really look good together. It's like really cool to see. Like it's like wow, I suddenly have a really cool Zelda amiibo set. Got to like, keep Wind Waker Link away, otherwise sword in the head. I know he's not. Yeah, yeah right. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's dangerous. Mm, he heard what happened to that last guy. Whoa. All right, so um, and you got the Yoshi ones, right? Which we unboxed on camera. Oh yeah, Let's I talk didn't about get those that. yet. There, yeah, we got the uh, pink. Green and blue Yoshi. Those are the only three, and they're really, really cute. They're just unbelievably yeah. adorable. My, and you know, again, my daughter loves them. Yeah, she thinks they're the best. I don't have a game. Does to she use love them waiting until October to play the game with them? No, but she she'll she'll live. I get um, I get it next month. Don't they work as regular Yoshi amiibos in Smash Brothers? And they stuff? should. Yeah, but that's not the same. Yeah, we already have <laughs> look look at the disappointment yeah. on no. his face. That's not the they're same. They're really cool. What I, about I mean, Mario Party? Huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. When no. was the last time you played Mario Party 10? Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. So uh, yeah, it's a really cool set. Good uh, batch. Okay. So uh, then on the Amiibo train, uh, we spoke to this going back to our Shikata interview, which you should read. Um, you know, just the general information we got out of him was really good. He talked about the online for uh, Triforce Heroes. He talked about uh, the origins of the project, Miyamoto's response to it. Like We got a lot of really cool uh, anecdotes or details out of him. But he did say that there are no plans for Amiibo support in Zelda Triforce Heroes, which I was surprised because I feel like every big Nintendo game 
is somehow tied to Amiibo, and I'm kind of glad this one is not. I have to be honest. Huh. Why are you glad? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, his quote, I think it's really something as simple as this game isn't a natural fit for it, Shakat explained. I think that's because we're focused on giving players the ability to choose different outfits to impact their experience within the game. We didn't think Amiibo added anyth- anything other than what games were doing with it already. There's no reason to shoehorn it in. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, at the end of the day, if you didn't want to do like a... Uh, Marty pointed out to me, hey, this could have been an opportunity, though, that maybe you get a, uh, a blueprint for like a Mario-themed outfit in that game. And That's exactly something. where I thought they were going mm-hmm. with it. The yeah. second we saw outfits, I was like, they're going to go Yoshi with this and just have you swap in skins and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems like that wasn't original enough for, for this team, and I respect them for that. I actually think that's cool. And to be fair, I know earlier I just said it's hard to see big Nintendo games not have Amiibo support, but in Japan, Rhythm Tengoku didn't get any Amiibo support right. at all. It, Although that is a Japan-only franchise but for now, but let's just go there. And uh, even on smaller games, Dr. Mario Miracle Cure, no Amiibo support. No, but that's I don't also, think it's expected of every game. No, but, my but the point. Wii U, no matter what Wii U you have, mm-hmm. the Amiibo will work with it. But the audience is split on the 3DS. Right. Sure. Right. The puck is now. The hockey puck is now. Okay. And so... <laughs> Um, I think it just adds more frustration and more elements to to the market, more confusion to the market. Well, like, would you I, be happier with just like putting it in everything? I don't think that. No, is no, the way I'm I saying. Want to see I'm this saying. Done. I totally understand why they're not full force on 3DS games okay. yet. You know, that's like fine. I, I mean, it's it's really Smash Brothers is one of the few games that supports. That's it, right. right, and the Animal Crossing game that's coming out in September. Yeah, yeah. And so I think as you see more and more games release, um, I think people just think about how to build it in. It's, I get it. Like you don't want to shoehorn it, and you, and you just don't want to just add it just to add it. Mm-hmm. But it is such a nice little bonus, just you know, having that kind of like that little secret where you're like, I have <laughs> these, and they therefore I get something. special. It's definitely out game of them. by game because like cool. yeah. third party wise, like Ace that Ace Combat game on 3DS, uh, something Horizon Plus had a. Uh, that was stupid. A, a bomber skin. I'm just like, this is, is dumb. Skin. Yeah, is that one like, of the only third-party games that work with Amiibo uh, currently? I think so. There was another one. There was that fighting game. Um, oh, fighting the, game. Um, the, not, was it One Piece or something? Or, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, in yeah, Japan, yeah. the One yeah. Piece game had yeah. uh, Amiibo support. Good. good. They're you also, say you forget things. They're also <laughs> some of the only third-party games. Oh, that's, that's a separate reality. issue. Okay. All right. So we're going to end on a what if. So we kicked off this Eve, episode Eve. with... Uh, Fire Emblem If Impressions. And I have a what if for you guys because this dawned on me the other day in a text message with a friend. Is this going to make me angry like the no, Metroid question? No, you and I talked no. about okay. this. Yeah, no, you and I talked right. about this. What if Yacht uh, Club made Metroid? <laughs> you're more prepared for this than I think Brian is. So I'm oh, sorry, great. Brian. I should have prepared fine. you for this. So at E3, we saw Nintendo um, Nintendo's digital event presentation uh, with this Muppets collaboration with Henson Studios. Oh. Right? And if anything, coming away from E3, that was the best, most charming part of the message. Like, yeah. we've, we've constantly taken to task that, you know, some surprises were missing, some games were cool in there, but regardless of the content, it's safe to say that the collaboration with Henson was a good one, right? Yeah. So we are in a year where Nintendo is talking more and more about being an entertainment company, about exploring IP expansion, about partnering with Universal to make attractions. So my what if question for you is if you were Nintendo and you had a chance for another collaboration using Nintendo IP with Henson Studios, you could do like a direct to Blu-ray or a movie or a YouTube special, whatever, what would it be? Let's say you compare those two companies back together again to do something. 
So I, I mean, or would you? Would I you would not? go for. I honestly would go for a Muppets game collaboration, or having, you know. By the way, having Kermit in Smash Brothers would be freaking amazing. <laughs> oh It'd be so good. No, but I'm no, talking about like bicycles and make something for Nintendo. Way. Yeah, have something like, make something for Muppet Nintendo. Muppet Show could get a really cool game. You're talking about Rhythm Tengoku a lot. It's like mm-hmm. a game that has you do challenges to, to to have the perfect like Muppet Show show would be really cool. Okay. You mean the other way around? I mean the other way around. Use Henson Studios to expand an uh, existing Nintendo IP. Oh, because I was thinking like Mushroom Babies. It's kind of like Muppet Babies, but it's all the <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom characters in a nursery together getting into trouble. Yeah. No? No, no. to that? All right. Well. Uh, I, I like it. That's right, a, Thanks. <laughs> is Miyamoto the nanny? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Only if you can wear those high socks with the stripes on them. Poison! <laughs> uh... Um, that's a, that's a, I mean the the closest one is Star Fox right like mm. that's where you have actual it. puppets mm-hmm. um, and I, it was inspired by Thunderbirds which was a puppet show to yeah. a degree everything's retro everything's in vogue that was my first idea was yeah. why not do some kind of a Star Fox show yeah. and just see if you can help boost that IP make it more interesting and bigger I mean it's people. like Biggs in Space wasn't basically. there that Japanese only uh, Mario Neku Mario Time puppet it's called series. Cat Mario Time in the yeah. UK yeah. yeah that's right um, so there was that one. It was also like we had a quote, uh, Unseen 64 ran a story the other day uh, kind of talking about this. It was a, a, an IGN quote. We did an interview with Miyamoto way back in the day. Yeah. And he talked about this game called Marionette. Oh, yeah. Do you remember I saw that? that? Yeah, yeah. Which was supposed to like, – it was both like very simple and very complex. Um, I think by complex, I think he meant like there was a control mechanism. For Never came out. Yeah. Got tangled. Yeah. Never happened. Uh, it was a concept of like what it's like to be a puppeteer because, you know, Miyamoto for a while was sort of just like I found a thing and I fell in love with it and yeah. I turned it into a game. I'm Marionette's awesome. And yeah, and it's, and it's a really cool idea. So I would love to see something like that concept brought back. Okay. Like we've never actually seen like a puppeteering video game. Like sure. we've seen – Well, I would argue Media Molecule's next game is that. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. What's yeah. that called again? I forget. Something. Dream uh, Magic. Dreams. dreams. Yeah, Dreams. 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 Right. Um, and there was that, that PlayStation game, that Puppeteer game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the Puppeteer. Puppeteer. Yeah. Yeah, good one. <laughs> but uh, there's Gino from Super called? Mario RPG who mm-hmm. is a, a wooden puppet doll. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just – I think uh, – this. Another collaboration with Henson Studios will make a lot of sense. It seems like it's a win for both companies. And uh, a friend of mine pointed out to me, well, why wouldn't they do something with Robot Chicken? I was like, I think Robot Chicken is a little more irreverent. It's more about poking fun at the things that are part mm-hmm. of, uh, of, a, of a subculture or of a thing versus like with Muppets, you're getting your target demographic again, which is to some degree <laughs> kids. Yeah. You know, we've talked on the show before that you know Nintendo is not as fond with the younger market these days. So you, you're seeing – you know, hardcore Nintendo fans raise their kids on Nintendo stuff. Yeah. But you're not seeing kids constantly talk about Nintendo the way they do right. about Minecraft Muppets, and things like Muppets that. Muppets is adult entertainment, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but, Muppet, but, yeah. but when Muppets is at its best, it's uh, everyone, yeah, right? right? It's just like the Nintendo. The movies certainly were, were more inclusive. Like the, the classic Muppet show. I mean, there's just so much that just goes over kids' heads. That, yeah, I, remember, I was there. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember growing up watching the Muppet show with my, with my dad and... He, I, he and I were laughing at totally different parts of yeah. the show, and then I'd grow up and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, now I get, <laughs> yeah, like that was actually really messed up. I like, love, I love. So, the so show. talking it's to Marty though, he really did say, cool. man, I don't know, Henson did the Dark Crystal, did all stuff. I was like, yeah. well, what about Zelda? Yeah, what about totally. his Zelda thing with 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 puppets? A yeah. puppet version. You know what? If they announce that, fans would freak out in a bad way. I, I, think so. t- I tell you now, people be like, what? We wanted a live action Zelda movie. Oh, we don't want to. He's got to be gritty and mature. I'm not trying to be like, but a Dark Crystal. 
Crystal style thing would be freaking awesome. I love that idea. Dark Crystal is such a great movie. So uh, you at home, you listener, why don't you send us an email? Let us know. What would you do if you were Nintendo and you wanted to? Obviously, I'm not saying Nintendo should do this. But I think in this era of, you know, looking for other ways to use their characters, this could be cool. Why don't you send in an idea? Let us know what sh- if you can have one Nintendo IP in a Henson Studios collaboration. What would you do with it, and what would it be? Try and keep it short, please. Some of you send emails that are so long that there's no way to read <laughs> tweet, them on the tweet air. length. Is that yeah. why you never read them? Uh, sometimes. All right. All right, but send those in mvc at ign.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, I think that could be a fun conversation, if right. anything, yeah. just like this one was. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We're a weekly show on IGN, but we are in fact not the only show on IGN. And if you were at the IGN house party. Thank you for coming by. Thank you so oh, yeah. for saying hello, so for supporting us, for coming from all over the the the. I mean, the U.S. mostly, but I we, I met people Australia, from Canada, Australia, Canada. Yeah. Australia. just space. Yeah, yeah. an alien Planets. walked in. Yeah, it was, so, it was like beyond. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <in the> building. <laughs> Yeah, so th- thanks a lot for coming out and for supporting us, and we're definitely uh, very, very happy I that went, we get to spend time with you the way apparently you have been spending time in some degrees with the work that we do. Shout out to uh, there is an NVC video game club group that's uh, yeah, on Facebook that talked to us. Yeah, book it's sort club of a that book is club about style. Games. Yeah, you should check that mm-hmm. out. Uh, next month they are playing Super Metroid, which is really a game that is near and dear to us all especially if you heard us go off about this whole Metroid Mm. thing uh, earlier in the show love it so look that up on Facebook I believe if you look up NVC Video Game Book Club it should come come up up. yeah so check that out Uh, what else if you have feedback send it on over to nvc at ign.com or head on over to iTunes leave us a review let us know what you think of the show lastly you can find us on Twitter you can find Pear at Pear IGN you can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle you guys are so low energy. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly, but don't worry. I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.